0: Hello guys. It is not just a rainbow podcast with Catherine. Today, I am going to cover another question about LGBTQ plus community. Let's start. It's quite astonishing how little room queer artists are given to be daring, to cross boundaries, and to be as sexually bold as their straight counterparts who have built the institutions that limit our ability to be ourselves. We are so often expected to tone down our artwork in order to appease the decision-makers and gatekeepers in charge of the industry, all in an effort to create something that appeals to the typical cisgender, heterosexual customer. This not only restricts access to the art market for queer painters, photographers, sculptors, textile makers and other creatives, but produces work that is less genuine, daring and expressive of the beauty and diversity of our community. I'm passionate about making queer art, and that means being truthful about the queer experience, We're multifaceted, daring, flamboyant, saucy, yearning for love, and sensual, sometimes all at once, and denying any of these aspects of ourselves just creates a duller world, and art world. The hypocrisy of double standards applied to queer artists is apparent when you consider that for centuries, sexually explicit artwork has been created by cisgender, heterosexual males. From engravings of erections on cave walls which date back as far as 11,000 years ago, to Greek pottery featuring queer sexual acts, to Gustave Courbet's infamous 1866 painting The Origin of the World depicting a female pelvis, to Titian's 1534 Venus of Urbino which shocked audiences in the Uffizi Gallery for centuries. These pieces have been able to survive and endure despite their controversy, due to their institutional backing. It is a dishearteningly uncommon occurrence for queer artists to be allowed to be uninhibitedly sexual, to provoke and challenge the norm set by straight figures who propose that to be accepted they must restrain themselves. The public's response to open portrayals of queer love and sexuality is usually negative, as was seen when the Robert Mapplethorpe BDSM photographs in the Cincinnati Art Museum triggered a trial for obscenity. Another example is the destruction of Andre Serrano's large-scale photographs depicting explicit sexual acts, such as fellatio and fisting, at the Culture and Gallery in 2007, which was conducted by Sweden's neo-Nazi party, the Nationalist Socialist Front, shouting, we don't support this shit, while they did so. Even within the art world, works depicting male genitalia, such as those of Andy Warhol, were kept out of sight by the Whitney Museum in 2018. So often, queer artists are forced to censor ourselves in fear of facing persecution. This is something I've experienced throughout my artistic career and I'm sure I'm not alone. In grad school, I had to make compromises, deleting the explicit elements of my work, to make it more palatable for my colleagues. I was asked if it was necessary to have so much coitus in my paintings, and I felt pressure to conform. In the end, I realized that this only served to reduce the quality of my work and it no longer represented who I am, a proud gay man. My work is about sex, but more importantly, it's about celebrating the joy of our community, finding spaces where we can be free to be ourselves without judgment, and paying homage to those we've lost to prejudice and AIDS. Artists from all marginalized backgrounds have faced restrictive boundaries in the art market for as long as there has been one. Women painters, for example, have been objectified by the male gaze, only now managing to take control of it. Additionally, people of color have been tokenized in the art world. Those of us without institutional power are often placed into categories and discouraged from questioning why we were put there. Fortunately, many organizations are working to break these limitations and provide a platform for queer artists to tell their stories without being told they don't belong. From the New Museum in New York to the Tom of Finland Foundation and One Archives in Los Angeles, these spaces allow queer artists to express their boldness and be undeniably visible. Here, they can create works of art that are real, genuine, sexy, and straight from the heart. The situation is far from ideal. For every art gallery that welcomes us with open arms, there are dozens that won't even consider us, or make us adhere to rules that weren't created with us in mind. This is why I'm so thankful for queer spaces and the queer gallerists who are willing to take a chance on our art. This kind of support is invaluable and allows us to know that our perspectives are valued. We can support each other through social media and attending each other's shows, but that can only take us so far if those with the power to influence don't get involved. Queer artists are creating powerful, inspiring, and revolutionary art, and they deserve to be seen in all of their glory, not just what is socially acceptable. It's all for today. Please, ask your friends to subscribe to new episodes of Not Just a Rainbow. I love my listeners and want to say big thanks to you all for choosing my podcast. I swear, the next episode will be extremely special. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye.